You know, I want to thank y'all. Y'all did have a choice. You know, a guy told me one time we was having a little two-day thing at, at, at the prison, and uh, he told the guys, you know, all these volunteers, y'all need to tell them thank you because they're giving you something they can never get back. You know, time is something you can never, when you give it to somebody, you can never get it back. And I said, I appreciate y'all making that effort this morning to, to come and, and, and give your time to the church and to the Lord. Um, Kobe, give us a wide angle right there. Everybody stand up. Right up under that exit sign is a camera. All them millions of people looking at y'all. Everybody gives pastor a good hello. Uh, you may be seated. You know, he, he spent his life serving us. You know, I want to know we, we at your service, sir. Us in the church, whatever you need. And uh, well, again, good, 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 good to see you. We got some good stuff this morning if I get, get going on it. I promise Sunday morning class that I'll do better with my scriptures this morning than I did back then. <laughs> we had a few issues this morning. Amen. <clears throat> but I want to talk to you something this morning. Um, you know, um, we're in a place now in, in the world, there's a lot of stress, there's a lot of pressure, you got high interest rates, you got inflation, we got the woke culture, we got, seems like a government that's not interested in the people, we got all this stuff, stuff going on. Uh, this morning, and I want to talk to you a few minutes about it in, in Matthew chapter 6. This is the worry chapter. It's where Jesus addresses the worry, the stress, anxiety. You know, a few years ago, I, I was in a really, I would call it a dark place. You know, sometimes faith people get convinced that if their faith is really working, then they shouldn't have problems. You know, we think that our faith is supposed to exempt us. And, and, and that's not right. That's not scriptural. The Bible says, you know, that in this world you'll have tribulation. I don't want to get ahead of myself, but, but you know, faith don't always prevent the mountain, but faith will move the mountain. Yes, amen. You know, and we're going we're gonna to get there in a, in a few minutes. But anyway, it seems like nothing was going right. Just problem after problem after problem. And, 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 I, and I begin to, to question, you know, what's going on? You know, I, I try to live the best I can live. If, if I'm out of line, I, I, I want to know it, Lord, because I, I get back in line. Uh, you know, we, we fall back to that old religion that, that, that maybe all this is happening to get my attention, to, to show me something, to teach me something. But that's not scriptural either. God don't beat us over the head to teach us anything. That's not how he does it. Anyway, I, re I really, really begin to, to push in, in, in the spirit. And, and I reckon God talks to everybody differently. I, I don't mean I heard an audible voice, but usually, the, I say the good information. The good information that I, I give him is usually right about the time that I'm waking up. You know, you're kind of half in, you're kind of half out, you're drifting you know, that time you kind of, your, your mind is kind of in neutral. And, and maybe that's the only time I'll shut up long enough for him to say something, you know what I mean? But anyway, I just got this on the inside was, where are you getting that information from? All this thing that you, 
stirred up about. All this stuff going on. Where did you get that information from? And, 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 and then this is what surprises me. That information wasn't coming from God. That information wasn't coming from the Word. That information was coming from circumstances. They were speaking louder than this was because I was giving them more attention than I was giving this. And, and, and we're all human and we all get like that. We, we, we get so consumed with the problem that we can't see the forest for the trees. We, we, we lose our direction and we don't even intend to lose it. We're just trying to, to find some relief. So, so he began to, to teach me that. Get my glasses on. Got my head shine, got my glasses on. I'm ready this morning. <laughs> Chrome dominant for the pastor. Nothing. <laughs> what did I say? Matthew chapter 6. Matthew chapter 6. And I said, I've been, for several years now, I've been, I told Angie yesterday, I, I, I've been needing to change Bibles. It's not even attached to the cover anymore. It just pulls out of there. But I got so much stuff in there, I had to get, she had to give me some post-it notes. I just, I've just been, this, this really helped me, and I, and I just believe it'll help you this morning. Verse 24. It says, no man can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one, love the other, or else will hold to the one, and despise the other, you cannot serve God and mammon. What he's talking about here is two systems. The way the world does things and the way Christians do things. The world has a system. God has a system. And you think when you read the next verse that that verse don't... Verse 24 don't really go, but, but I'm just going to show you how it does. Because the next verse in 25 says, therefore. If verse 24 don't apply to 25, there's no reason to say therefore. Therefore, because of what I just told you in 24, that there's two systems here. Therefore, I say unto you, take no thought for your life, what you shall eat, what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body more than raiment? Now you see at the end there, we're going to look at this in, in the Amplified in just a second. But it says, is not the life. It don't say, we, we, we quote it as saying, is not life. But that's not what it says. That thee is there for a reason. And when you, when, when you look it up in the Greek, it's the word zoe. I know everybody's familiar with Zoe. The God kind of life. See, the, the, the life that, that, that God prepared for us from the foundation of the world. The, the life that, that Jesus died to give us. This is the life that he talks about. And, and, and we live substandard to that so much. You know, because we get carried away with the things of life in, in, instead of the things of God. Now look at this in, in, in the Amplified here. Put that up, guys. Therefore, I tell you, 
Stop. Therefore, I tell you, stop. That's the first thing I had to realize this. Before I even read the rest, whatever he's going to tell me, it is now my responsibility to stop it. You tell your young to stop it. Right? Whose responsibility for them to stop it? Huh? Yeah, there's or something else, right? You will stop it. You will stop it because the problem will take you down or you will stop it because God told you to. You're going to stop it. See, there's more than ten commandments. So therefore, I tell you, stop being perpetually uneasy, anxious, and worried about your life. You stop it. You quit being worried all the time. You quit being anxious all the time. You quit being stressed all the time. My responsibility from that second forward. So now you can do it any way you want to. But the way I take it is, from now on, if I'm anxious, if I'm worried, if I'm stressed, I'm out of the will of God. Because His commandment was for me, Vic, to stop. That that is the root of what's going on in my life. I fear the problem more than I do God's ability to get to me to help me. The problem is greater to me. So what am I, what was I saying? Was God, you're not able to help me. God, you can't do nothing about this. Y'all mind quiet. Y'all must know where I'm coming from here. So stop being worried, anxious about your life. What you shall eat, what you shall drink, about your body, what you shall put on. Is not life greater in quality than food and the body far above more excellent than clothing? It's a shame to waste your life worried all the time. When you're worried all the time, or you're stressed, I'm not, it's all different forms. You don't enjoy anything. You just go through it. You know, you try to take your wife out to eat or your kids out to eat and you're worried about how much it's going to cost. You can't even enjoy the meal. That's the truth. It just, it just, it just consumes us. Now, me, me and Smiley, oh, I'm sorry, Joe Green. Nobody, people say, call me and say, Joe, so I thought, who's Joe? I don't know Joe. I know Smiley. I know no idea who Joe is. Anyway, we were talking, um, we had both been, been watching this thing from Keith Moore. And you don't know what dread is? You know, you just dread doing it. You, you put it off as long as you can because you dread it. Or you don't want to go over there because you, you dread being around them folks. It's just a low-level fear. It's what, what, what y'all laughing about? <laughs> y'all got family too? I got some <laughs> We all got some family, ain't we? <laughs> I tell them, hey, my tree don't fork. <laughs> Just me. But anyway, dread is, is a continual anxiety, a, a continual procrastination, uh, you know, uh, uh, about whatever it, it is. But that causes, it, it may be Brid or, 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 or Mark, they, the doctors in the house could, could, could get more in detail. But that, but that fear produces a certain chemical compound in the back of your mind, your brain. 
And because of that perpetualness, that continuousness of that dread, it's producing that all the time. And that is the leading cause of Alzheimer's and dementia. Is that continual worrisome dread, older people, in the back of your mind. But it didn't start when you was old. That compound that's running through your mind started when I was young. But I never addressed it. I didn't understand it was to be addressed. I thought, hey, if you got life, you got stress. You know, and then I get ahead of myself, but I tell you this. The Lord told me this. He said, and I, I said, you know, in those waking moments, not mean an audible voice. You got to learn how to live free. That's a hard thing to do. If you've never been free, you don't know what that, how to live free. How do you live free of stress? How do you live free of anxiety? How do you live free of that stuff? But when you get there, I'm to testify, it's a good thing. It's a good thing to be free. To say, whoa, 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 whoa. I'm not going down that road. You've seen it coming. You know how to handle it. Just open the door. Go over here. Sometimes you just got to do this. You got to open the door. Fear, get out. I'm not putting up with you no more. Just get out. It'll drive you crazy. And I'm, when I say fear, I'm not talking about being scared. I'm talking about, you know what I'm talking about, all this stress. So let's read on. Verse 26 says, Behold. When you see behold, if you see verily, verily, truly, truly, behold, he's fixing to give you some keys to life. You need to spend time in that verse to know what he's talking about. Behold the fowls of the air. For they sow not, neither do they reap, nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feedeth them. Are you much better than they? I had this thought. I do think occasionally. Why did he choose birds? He's trying to make a point here about stress-free living. He had all of creation, but he chose birds. Now, I didn't get this on the first attempt by no means. But God does everything purposeful. Everything in Scripture is for a reason. See, why? Why birds? Why not a bear or a lion or something that would get your attention if it popped out on you? Birds. Birds do not store up. One of the few things in creation, there's several, that doesn't store up. They sow and they strow. That's all they do. Totally 100% dependent on God for what they do from one day to the next to the next. They have nothing. I'm not telling you to not have savings accounts. I'm not, I'm not don't, don't, don't go down that road. Totally dependent on God. The only way they miss God is if they don't migrate. They have to change seasons and follow that direction. There's always supply. There's always more than enough. But he's not worried. That's what he's using an example here. These birds ain't worried about me getting an extra hour to get some gas money. They're busy doing what I call them to do. And because they're busy doing what I call them to do, I'm obligated to take care of them. 
And if we get busy doing what we're called to do and quit all this other, he'll be obligated to take care of us. But we take that from him. We take that right from him. You know, the Bible, uh, that the, the scripture says, cast all your care upon the Lord. We, we, we do. We, we cast it on him. And then five minutes later, we just take it right back. We don't ever leave the care over on the Lord. We just constantly give it to him, take it back, give it to him, take it back. Well, if he's a, he's a, he's a gentleman. You know, if, if, I, if, I, if I give Miss Patty my Bible, who's got it? But it's still my Bible. Right? She's got it, but it's still my Bible. So when I walk up and do this, she gives it right back to me. Gives me that care right back. See, I, I, I leave my care with God. Then I turn around and I start right automatically thinking about that problem again. He just gives it right. He's a gentleman. He's not going to take anything from you that you don't want him to have. And, and, and you turn around and you take that care from the only person that could fix it for you. Just like that. By thinking about it. The Bible says you've got to stop thinking about it. It says take those thoughts captive. Make them come into submission to what the Bible says about that situation. It takes a while to start with because it's just a constant fight. Every second you miss it, Lord, I repent. I'm sorry I took that from you. Every time it comes up, you just you keep giving it back. And then the time will get greater between the incidents every time. It'll get, and eventually you won't even be thinking about it anymore. But watch it when you give the care to God. You turn around and human nature wants us to think that, that we have to solve a problem. I'll tell you. One of the hardest things for me with this is with my, is with my kids. You've got a sick child. You pray over them and you believe God to touch them. Why you got to get up at night and check on them? Well, they may have kicked the cover off. Well, let the angels put it back. If I go in there, I'm taking it back. Who's a better caretaker than God? I'm not. Huh? But we'll do that. I've got to get up and go check on them. Why? Because you don't believe what you prayed. If you believe what you prayed, you ain't got to go check on him. You know he's all right, or she's all right, or whatever the case is. Does that make sense? That's how easy it is for us to take it back, not intending to. All right, let's read on. So we've got some places we want to go here. Verse 27. Which of you, by taking thought, can add one cubic unto his statue? Which of us, by worrying, has ever changed the situation? That's what he's saying. You spend all day, all night, you can't... I reckon I'm a pro of this. I know all the ins and outs of this laying up at night thinking. You know, you sweat, you kick a leg out because you're hot, then you kick the leg out, then it's cold, and you got to put it back under there. And, you, and your legs are sticking together because they got that old sweat, and, and you're just nervous, and you... Huh? It's just a process every night, all night. You can't you be satisfied in your mind, you can't be satisfied in, in your body, you ain't satisfied, and you ain't satisfied nowhere. Because of what? That stress. That stress. That situation. It's got more weight on you than God's ability to help you. That's why it's dominating you. Verse 28. And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet Solomon in all of his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, now he's cut us open here in these verses. He fits the us back up now. 
Wherefore, if God so clothed the grass of the field, which is today, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, how much more clothe, how shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Now, when I look that up in the Greek, sometimes King James shouldn't have translated stuff. He should have just let it like it was. The Greek here don't say little faith. It says small-minded. Why are you small-minded? Why are you small-minded? To think that everything is up to your ability to solve it. Everything has to fall to you to solve. You know, I'm not a great person with technology, but I'm learning some stuff. You know, we had to get on YouTube TV because of the problem we have on Facebook. I didn't know that YouTube had all these channels. Man, I have got me a Kenneth Hagin channel, an Oral Roberts channel, a Benny Hinn channel. I didn't know all that was out there. And uh, Did you know that Benny Hinn got a show every week? So I'm behind looking at me and say, oh, yeah. <laughs> but did you know that him and Oral Roberts done some shows together? They're on YouTube. Old Roberts got a, I said I'll say this, Old Roberts said he got a big plaque on top of his desk when you walk in his desk. No small plans made here. Right when you walk in. So apparently he had read that in the Greek, don't be small minded. And All right, let's read on. Verse 31. Therefore, take no thought saying, what shall we eat? What shall we drink or where we shall be clothed? Now, there, there, there's another therefore. Stop and see what it's there for. And we, we talked about this many days in, 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 in our Sunday morning stuff. What happens, he says, don't take the thought saying. What happens when we think about something all the time and then we get around somebody? We start talking about whatever we've been thinking about. Right? We can't get away from it. That's, that's how we were created. We talk about what we think about. So if we don't change what we're thinking about, we're not going to change what we're talking about, and we can never change what we're getting. Because for you believe it or not, it don't matter, it don't make it not true if you don't believe it. Your words are spiritual containers and they go off and create whatever you say. It doesn't say if you mean it or don't mean it. Those words create what you say no matter if you mean it or not because God created words to have spiritual authority and to create things in life, even things we want or we don't want. And that's why all this crazy talk is such a detriment because we're creating stuff we really don't want but we think it's funny. But it ain't funny when it comes home to roost. Enough said about that, I think. All right, verse 32. This is where the rubber meets the road. We're getting where we want to be. Y'all gave me, I got 15 more minutes. That's what the time limit y'all gave me. <laughs> For all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that you need all things. Now, who knows you need all things? Let me, let me, let me show you something here now. 
It says that the Heavenly Father knows we need all things. Why are we praying about our needs? Is that biblical? Philippians says, My God shall supply what? All my needs. And He knows what I need. So how do I pray then? Good question. Because if we pray about our needs, there's no faith in that, and we're not telling Him nothing He don't already know. So, to get answers to prayer, we have to exercise faith and know what we have a right to. We have to exercise our spiritual rights. See? And that's how we pray about our needs. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, you, you have met this need. Now, you said that if I asked, if I acknowledge you in my ways, you would direct my path. Now, I'm acknowledging you in this need. Now, direct me to where my supply is. Because you supplied... The supply is in the earth. That's what he just said. So I don't need to go trying to make the supply. The supply is already here. I just need to know where it's at here where I can go lay hold to it. That's a different way of praying. See, all I need to know is I believe your word so the need is met. Now I just need to know what my part in this is. How do I get from where I'm at to get that supply. See, that's how we pray about our needs. If we're not, we're praying against what he said. If we're praying and trying to get him to meet our needs, then we don't believe that he said that he would supply all of our needs. So if it's supplied, bam. Okay, it's supplied. Now show me what the supply is. That's all I need to know. What's my part in getting the supply? And it's in every area of life. Money, health, job, it don't matter. Kids, it's the same. The same process, once you learn the faith process, it's the same no matter what the need. You're just changing, you're just changing situations, but you don't change the faith principles. Right? Now, there's another one that really got my attention. Put, put that up in the, uh, what did I say, the NLT, guys? Whichever, whatever I see it. These things, these needs do what? Dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. So I am a unbeliever if I'm thinking on these things. So if I'm an unbeliever, that means I'm not a faith. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. And I just keep moving further and further from the supply. Because I'm thinking the wrong things. These things don't... The word dominates what really jumped out at me. It dominates. And, and that's right. When we got a major issue in our life, it consumes us. That's all we think about. That's all we think about. Well, how are we going to handle it? What are we going to do? What if this happens, then that happens? If that don't happen, then this happens. And, this, and we just, it just dominates. It just consumes us. And the next thing we know, we're so far out of place and we're in so much fear and unbelief that even when God talks to us, we can't hear it. We've got to be in faith to hear. And we've got to start reversing all, all, all of that and going back the other way. So remember, don't be dominated by your circumstance. God made you to dominate your circumstances. Remember, that's the three things. When he blessed them, he said, be fruitful, multiply, subdue the earth. That word subdue means control your environment or it'll control you. 
You control the circumstance or that circumstance is going to control you. It's your choice in how you do it. See, but you have the power to subdue and say, no, I'll not have it that way. It'll not be that way with me. The Bible says this. I choose this. I don't care what my... Your mind's going to be going crazy. It's going to be... So faith comes from here. It don't come from here. Let that thing run. It'll be all right. You stay here. Stay here. Stay here. Stay here. It comes from here. It comes from here. See, don't think because my mind's going crazy that I can't be in faith. Faith has nothing to do with your mind. One's a spirit, one's a fleshly thing. See, but then eventually you get your faith right, then it'll help you get control of that mind and control of those thoughts where you think the right thing when you're supposed to think it. But it's a training process. See? All right, let's move on. You with me? Verse 33. But, that's what the pastor said about but. You see, but forget everything else you just read. I just spent 30 minutes talking about nothing, didn't I? <laughs> but seek ye first the kingdom of God. Remember, we're talking about two systems here. I know we kind of feel like we're getting off, but we're coming back. We talk about the two, the two ways of doing things here. That's what he's talking about. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. What things is he talking about? All these things we just talked about from verse 24 on. The things you need in life, the things that, that you need from God, you know, physically, mentally, spiritually. That's what he's talking about. You do verse 33, he says, all these things will be added, added, automatic, added, automatic. See, you got to have some sweatless victories. That's what he's talking about. He made a way for us to have them sweatless victories. It just, bam, just suddenly. It just surprised you. Now put that up, guys, in another translation. This make more sense. But seek, aim at, strive after, first of all, His kingdom and His righteousness. Stop. First of all. So what's the first thing when I got an issue that I strive after? Righteousness is our right standing with God. Our right standing with God and His way of doing and being right. He's never wrong. His way of doing will always be right. Will always make it right. Will always fix it. So my first responsibility when I got a problem is no longer to get caught up in the stress, the anxiety, all that. My first thing is to seek what I got a right to. I have privileges and benefits by being a Christian. That's what it's saying. See what you got a right to. God's way of doing and being right. And all these things taken together will be given you besides. So if I'll approach it from His way of doing, this thing will be added to me. Then once things... See, our problem most of the time is we go through life just on a, on a, on a hamster wheel. We fix that problem next month, next year, two years, it comes right back. Then we got another problem and we just have these revolving problems all the time. See? Why? Because we never put them to bed with the things we have a right to where it's illegal for them to come back. Until we put them to bed and and fix it God's way, then there's always that open door for them to come back. 
But once we let him add it to us, who added it? Who added it? God added it. Right? So when God adds it, the devil don't have access to it. When I fix it, the devil's got access to it. But when he fixes it, he adds it, Satan no longer has access to keep taking me back down that same old road over and over and over and over again. And then, all right. Y'all ready for some more of this? Matthew chapter 17. I told them folks that told me we had to be out by 1145. The same thing I'm to tell y'all. The pastor has a video. So if I don't make it to 1205, we got to play the video to finish the time. So. <laughs> Okay, we got in this little discussion here the other week after Sunday school here. Matthew chapter 17, verse 19. It says, Then came the disciples to Jesus apart and said, Why could we not cast him out? He's talking about the, 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 they brought the little boy for the disciples to cast the demon out of him. They couldn't. Jesus was away praying. Jesus came back, and, the, and this is where it picks up at here. Uh, and he cast this devil out. And now the disciples ask him, why could they not do it? In verse 20, And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, If ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain, Remove hence to yonder place, and it shall remove, and nothing, I like to say no thing. Instead of nothing. No thing shall be impossible unto you. Now, the disciples and us alike, we are, we're asking the wrong question. Why did this happen to me, Lord? Why did you let this happen? What's going on here? We ask these questions that are wrong questions. The question is not why. The question we should be asking is if. If I have faith as a grain of mustard seed. If I. If I. Now think about this. I wish I would have bought that little mustard seed. Y'all know how small a mustard seed is, right? If, if, if I dropped it outside or even maybe dropped it in this carpet, I probably couldn't find it. Now the Bible says, if I could muster that much faith that I could move a whole mountain. And then my bright mind got to thinking, well, if I could just have half a mustard seed faith, I could move a hill. <laughs> But if, if that small amount would move a whole mountain, I don't have to muster up a whole lot to fix this issue in my life. You know, something that small, you know, just think about it. This, this, this auditorium is, is, is on a slope here. Oh, you got a mustard seed? I better not take it out of that. I can't even see it in the back. <laughs> My glasses at this bed. That's small, you know, about the size of a grain of black pepper. Versus about like a, a black pepper. A little old, little old seed in there. But you think about something, a grain of a, a, a salt, a grain, 
Some, God has put in that, 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 that small package power to move a whole mountain. And we think that we got to have this great faith before God can do anything for us. When you read that, I don't have to have great, great, great faith. I just have to find a little doubt. To say, oh God, I believe you can do this. God, I believe this is possible. Because you think, you know, that little bit, this auditorium is on a slope. This little bit would make this floor flat. If I just believed that that floor would be flat. It's up to me now. When you read everything we read, the conditions in my life, if they persist on my responsibility from this point on. If I put up with all this junk, it's my fault. He just showed me a better way to live. He just showed me how to rid myself of those things. So then the, the question, why do I want to keep living like that? Why do I want to keep putting up with this all the time? Why do I want to keep going every month and can't pay my life bill? Why do I want to keep on having all these health problems? Why do my kids have to keep acting like this? Why does my mayor have to do this, that, the other? From now on, it's my responsibility. Because I don't have to muster a whole lot to change the situation. I just got to get that quarter or eighth of a grain of mustard seed. I ain't got to get the whole grain. I just got to get a little bit. The Bible says that he give. we want to say God give everybody a measure of faith. That's not what it says. Read it in Romans. Give everybody the. We all got the same measure. But we all don't choose to use the measure. That's the difference in people's lives. Is one chose to use the measure, the other one didn't. So I asked you this morning, can you muster up? That sounds pretty good. Can you muster up some mustard seed? <laughs> can, you, can, can you look deep down inside and find just a little grain? God said, just, just give me something to work with. Just, that's what he's saying here. Just give me something to work with. Give me an avenue to get in here and fix this for you. Because he's a good father. He's a caring father. He loves us. And it breaks his heart to see us in the condition that we're in. Because most of us got a big old facade. We paint this old nice, crispy, clean picture on the outside. We want everybody to think that, 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 that we all of that and we got it all together. And we're so broke up inside. We're so broke up inside. And it's all not the same issues. We all have our own problems. But I'm telling you this morning, we don't have to be like that anymore. It is great to be free. It took some doing. It took some time. But I'm willing. I, I'm glad that I was willing to go through the heart cleaning. The mind cleaning. To get free. To get free. To say... It don't have to be this way with me. <clears throat> no, no, give me a second. It don't have to be this way with my family. We can, we can do this. 
We can live this life. It's possible. And man, it takes such a burden off of you. I don't have to be this anymore. This tossed up mess inside. Where you think I've got it together when I don't know anything or have anything together. I just asked you this morning. Let God help you. Let Him change you from the inside out. It's worth it. It's worth it to be free. So no matter what the circumstance, I don't have to jump up in a panic and run and wonder what's going on and allow that chaos in my life. He's given me a barrier, a door that I can stop it and say no more. No more. Stand to your feet. Father, I thank you for these people today, Lord. I thank you for opening their hearts, their minds, and for showing us there's a better way. And I lift each one of them up to you, Father. You know what's going on in their hearts. You know what's going on in their lives. You know where they need to generate that mustard seed. And I'm agreeing with them right now, Father. That they generate this strength. That they generate this faith. And they see this thing put behind them forever. Not to get back on that hamster wheel again. But these issues are gone for good. And we just thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. You enjoy that this morning? Thank you all. Who's got the announcements? She's already there. Thank you, Miss Karen. Okay, let's see what's going on around our church. Everyone is invited to join us this afternoon at 3 p.m. at Blue Springs State Park as we honor our mothers. Vic and Angie Coke will be our special speakers. Hamburgers, hot dogs, buns, and drinks will be provided. Please bring a couple of your favorite picnic foods and desserts. Park entrance fees are increased to $5 for adults or less, depending on the age. They will take cash or car for payment. We look forward to seeing you this afternoon. 5 to 11 is $3. 4 and under is free. 62 is $3, 12 to 61 is $5. Our May Thrive meeting is this Tuesday, May 9th at 6.30 p.m. This meeting is for all staff and department leaders. Please make plans to attend. Next Sunday, May 14th is Mother's Day. We invite everyone to join us for this special service as we honor our mothers. On Thursday, May 18th, our Men in Motion will be meeting at 6.30 p.m., all men are invited to join for fellowship and the word. For more details, please contact Brother Eric. On Saturday, May 20th at 6 p.m., Aftershock Student Ministries will be hosting Youth Night here at Calvary. Worship will be led by the Connect Church. 
Our speaker will be Pastor Starla. All ages are welcome to attend. Please make plans to join us for this exciting service. For more details, please contact Pastor Starla. Our 2023 at Night Kids Day Camp is fast approaching. It's June the 1st through the 3rd. We are planning for a record number of kids this year, so we need many volunteers to help with this exciting event. If you can help any during these three days, please let us know. There's a camp volunteer sign-up sheet in the side for you. For more information or details, please contact Morgan Sheehan. During May, Calvary Bookstore will be spotlighting the What Do I Do Win series by Kevin Moore. These books are geared towards students and answer some of their tough questions. There are four books in the series. Each book is a dollar throughout this month. Please stop by the bookstore today and purchase these great books. We would like to extend a special welcome home to all our guests and invite you to stop by one of our connection tables in either foyer to drop off your guest information card and receive your free gift for visiting us. Our prayer team will also be in our connection table For everyone, morning prayer and encouragement, please stop by and let us agree with you concerning your needs. Our May calendar is in both areas. Be sure to get yours today. Y'all have a great week. See y'all Wednesday night.